0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fast and Finance podcast, and I'm your host, Patrick McCrindle. This podcast is designed for everyday, normal people just looking to improve their personal wealth management and expand their knowledge on the markets. Episodes will be short and sweet, focusing on main topics, then transitioning to market outlooks and discussions. We'll cover all the basic concepts so that you have a strong base knowledge before we dive into anything more specific. Wealth management is a concept that's overlooked in many school systems, and we're here to change that. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Coming at you guys with another weekly market commentary by LPL Research. This is by Jeffrey Butchbinder, Chief Equity Strategist over at LPL Financial, as well as Quincy Crosby, Chief Global Strategist over at LPL Financial as well. So this commentary is going to give us a little bit of an insight on what has changed in 2023 and what that could mean for the remainder of the year. So just diving right into the commentary here, markets have adjusted to several changes already this year. The pace at which inflation has cooled is slowing, the market has started to believe the Federal Reserve's you know, higher for longer message, the bar for earnings has been lowered, market relationships to interest rates have been turned upside down. And many of last year's losers are this year's winners and, you know, and vice versa. So here we take a look at some of the biggest changes in the market environment so far in 2023 and what those changes could mean for investors over the balance of this year. So coming into 2023, markets have been pricing in 225 basis point, which is 0.25% interest rate hikes, one in February and the second one at the next Fed meeting on March 21st through the 22nd. In addition, there were expectations of an interest rate cut at the end of the year. All macroeconomic indications suggested that, with inflationary pressures easing, the Fed would be moving closer to its final terminal rate by the second half of the year. The only question was, would the Fed stay on hold throughout 2023 before lowering rates in 2024, as suggested by a consensus of Fed members? However, recent data releases including the consumer price index, producer price index, and retail sales showed inflation actually inching higher and the consumer still spending at a healthy pace. Right, So even amid weak housing data for January, home builder sentiment improved nicely and exceeded expectations. Factoring in all of the data releases, including disappointing industrial production figures, the Atlanta Fed's GDP now real-time tracker of gross domestic product inched higher to a solid 2.5% for the first quarter. So the Fed Fund's futures market quickly adjusted to probabilities as well. You know They're pricing in a potential third interest rate hike at the Fed's June meeting. What has caught the market's attention, however, is the slight probability for a 50 basis point rate hike at the March meeting has been climbing higher as two non-voting members of the Federal Open Market Committee, FOMC, Loretta Mester and James Bullard, made comments suggesting that a 50 basis point rate hike in March may be necessary to help tackle this inflation. So moving on to another topic here, the earnings bar has been lowered substantially. A difficult fourth quarter earnings season is entering the home stretch and the overall numbers have been lackluster. S&P 500 earnings per share for the quarter are tracking to a roughly 4% year-over-year decline slightly below estimates at year-end. Slower economic growth, cost pressures from higher inflation, and ongoing adjustments from excess pandemic-related spending have combined to create an especially challenging earnings environment. So the end result will be the first year-over-year earnings decline since the third quarter of 2020. Despite lackluster overall results, we still see a silver lining amid the sea of red numbers. Earning estimates for 2023 have been widely considered to be too high based on historical earning declines in recessions. The consensus estimate for the S&P 500 earnings this year has come down 3% since the year began lowering the bar. Earnings estimates have not collapsed, but corporate America has sure brought expectations down, so cautious guidance has made estimates more realistic. It's difficult for stocks to sustain moves higher as estimates are coming down, right? However, we believe lowering the bar sets up potential gains for stocks later this year as estimates stabilize or potentially even start moving higher and earnings growth resumes. Let's move on to shifting relationship between stocks and interest rates. So much has been written about how the laggards of 2022 have been the winners of 2023 so far. Value stocks held up much better than growth stocks last year, and this year growth is leading. Last year's worst performing sectors, consumer discretionary, communication services, and technology are all this year's top performers, each with a double-digit year-to-date percentage gains. At the individual stock level, the reversal is stark. The 50 worst performing stocks of 2022 have gained an average of 21.8% year to date. So here we focus on the interest rate relationship. Last year, stocks and yields moved mostly in opposite directions. When inflation expectations and interest rates moved higher, stocks tended to sell off and vice versa. But we have seen this relationship change recently as stocks and yields have risen together. Specifically, since January 25th, the 10-year Treasury yield has risen roughly 50 basis points, while the S&P 500 has gained 2%. That's not much, but it suggests a more resilient equity market in the face of higher-than-expected inflation. So last year, the market response to pricing in more Fed rate hikes would have been much more negative. We don't know if this dynamic will be sustained, but we view it as a positive step toward exiting the bear market that increases the chances of a rewarding 2023 for investors. So what does all this mean? According to LPL research, they see several implications from these changes in the economic and market environment, including more volatility in the near term. So first, though this may be obvious, markets may be bumped bumpy in the coming weeks and months because it will take more time to fully price in the end of the Fed rate hiking cycle. Market based interest rates such as the 10 year treasury may go higher than we anticipated when the year began, potentially putting pressure on stock valuations. And we might see a little bit of a possible barbell year. So the lowered bar for earnings should help stocks over the balance of the year though that benefit may not come until the fall right so we could envision a scenario where estimates dip below our forecast before upside late in the year gives earnings and stock prices a lift so that means we could see exactly what you know a barbell sounds like a solid start for stocks and a solid finish with weakness in between and the third implication being don't chase high growth. We would be careful not to chase the most growth-oriented sectors of the market after such a strong start to the year. Near-term risk of higher interest rates is increasing, and these areas do tend to be interest rate sensitive. Value-style stocks are trading at well above average valuation discounts to their growth counterparts, despite the strong 2022, and have historically performed better in inflationary, higher interest rate environments. So, energy and industrials look like particularly fertile ground to find investment opportunities. In conclusion, while these takeaways may not sound particularly bullish at the moment, we would not discount the chances of a soft landing. The elevated producer price index reading last week was disappointing, but it was paired with a solid retail sales report and low jobless claims numbers that tell us that the outlook for consumer spending remains healthy. The path to low double-digit gains for stocks this year has narrowed some, but it still looks passable. This material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. Indexes are unmanaged, statistical composites, and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment and do not reflect fees, expenses, or sales charges. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Any company names noted herein are for educational purposes only and not an indication of trading intent or a solicitation of their products or services. LPL Financial does not provide research on individual equities. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, LPL Financial makes no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. All investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. U.S. Treasuries may be considered safe haven investments, but do carry some degree of risk, including interest rate, credit, and market risk. Bonds are subject to market and interest rate risk if sold prior to maturity. Bond values will decline as interest rates rise, and bonds are subject to availability and change in price. The Standard & Poor's 500 Index is a capitalization-weighted index of 500 stocks designed to measure performance of the broad domestic economy through changes in the aggregate market value of 500 stocks representing all major industries. The P.E. ratio, price-to-earnings ratio, is a measure of the price paid for a share relative to the annual net income or profit earned by the firm per share. It is a financial ratio used for valuation. A higher P.E. ratio means that investors are paying more for each unit of net income, so the stock is more expensive compared to one with a lower P.E. ratio. Earnings per share is the portion of a company's profit allocated to each outstanding share of common stock. EPS serves as an indicator of a company's profitability. Earnings per share is generally considered to be the single most important variable in determining a share's price. It is also a major component used to calculate the price-to-earnings valuation ratio all index data from Bloomberg.